the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. WHK Cleveland. The following program's views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420 The Answer or Salem Media Group. It's a fact. If the riches of the wealthy were given to the average American, the rich would have their wealth back in no time at all. Not because they're more deserved, but because they do a really great job of getting us to spend it back to them. And once it's in their hands, they work it to their self-interest. The host of Get Rich Slow, Jim McAleese, believes the financial decisions you make today will guide your financial destiny tomorrow. Jim teaches you to plan for the worst and then hope for the best. America is under no obligation to provide what you need. Entitlements are out. Opportunity is today's watchword. Money matters can be intimidating, but they don't have to be. The materials Jim shares is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of James McAleese and Cornerstone Consultants, Inc., and not those of Next Financial Group, Inc. Next Financial Group, Inc. does not provide tax advice. The S&P 500 is a market cap weighted index composed of the common stocks of 500 leading companies in leading industries of the U.S. economy. The Dow Jones industry average is a price weighted index of 30 actively traded blue chip stocks. So let's supercharge your wealth building plan now with Jim McAleese. Good morning and welcome to Get Rich Flow. This is your money school for financial winners. Here we explore strategies to help you prosper. We look at the big picture and then develop plans, plans to help guide our families to meet their financial goals. Get Rich Flow gives you solid financial strategies that will help improve your financial life. If you want the truth, not the hype, please join us for the next hour for Get Rich Flow. I'm Jim McAleese, Certified Financial Planner and President of Cornerstone Consultants Incorporated. We are securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group Incorporated, which is a member of FINRA and Civic. Cornerstone Consultants is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. Well, good morning. I hope you're enjoying your summer. What did we ever do to deserve this great weather? Look at those. I'm looking at the week ahead. The weather looks super, just like this, uh, most of this past week. Lots of sunshine. Uh, some days will be hot, but we're getting used to the heat. Everywhere you drive, things look great. The trees and the crops and the lawn, uh, they all have that healthy shade of green. And the skies are blue with a few wispy clouds. The usual roadside markets are opening with their sweet corn and their tomatoes. They're the best. It's a great time to relax and appreciate Mother Nature and all her beauty. At the time of the, at this at the time of the day, every day seems like a great day. And we're getting a lot done now. Now's the time to plan what we want to do before the end of the summer, which I consider to be Labor Day. Labor Day is only a little bit over a month away. And when we're planning and and looking at things, let's review our financial goals and plans. So this week, global equity markets were mixed in the United States. The three major stock indices were up big time uh, for the week. 
In the UK, the FTSE 100 was up, while in the European Union, the stock Europe uh, 600 and uh, Germany's DAX were both up for the week. Asia was down for the week. Uh, Japan's Nikkei 225 was down, and China's Shanghai Composite, as well as Hong Kong's uh, Hang Seng, they were both down for the week. On Friday, the three major U.S. stock indices closed at the Dow Jones, closed at 32,845.13. It was up 2.97% for the week. The Standard and Poor 500 closed at 4,130.29, and that was up 4.26% for the week. And the Nasdaq closed at 12,390.69, and it was up uh, 4.7% for the week. The last two weeks have been good for the U.S. equities markets because companies have been presenting earnings for the second quarter and uh, together with guidance for the rest of the year. And investors are not being super critical because of reduced expectations in a tough economic environment with Basically, lots of surprises. One of the big events this week was the Federal Reserve's Federal Open Market Committee meeting. That happened, uh, the meeting happened on Tuesday and Wednesday, and the Federal Reserve uh, 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 conducted the uh, Federal Open Market Committee meeting and reported their decisions and action on uh, Wednesday. As expected, the uh, Federal Open Market Committee meeting lifted the Federal Reserve's funds rate, that's the overnight rate, uh, by three-quarters of a percent to between two and one-quarter percent and two and a half percent. In addition, they're, they're matching uh, increases in the uh, discount rate to two and a half percent. The interest on the reserve balances, they're increasing it to 2.4 percent and overnight uh, offer rates uh, to 2.3%. The Federal Open Market Committee announcement uh, focused on basically reducing inflation. Uh, Some of uh, uh, Chairman Powell's comments, uh, the the, uh, committee is highly uh, uh, attentive to inflation risks. Quote, unquote, the committee is strongly committed to returning inflation to its 2% objective, unquote. Uh, quote, the committee indicated that future rate hikes are likely, but did not specify the size or timing of these increases, unquote. Uh, they're also referring to their their, their uh, bond roll-off of the Federal Reserve's approximately $9 trillion balance sheet. Uh, the implementation of the roll-off knows that uh, uh, that accompanies the, uh, the Federal Open Market Committee statement uh, referred to an increase in the cap on the amount of principal payment uh, to begin in September with Treasuries. Uh, they're going to sell uh, $30 billion roll-off, $30 billion per month in July and August, and that'll increase to $60 billion per month in September, and, uh, and uh, reinvestments in agency mortgage-backed securities, that will rise from its present $17 billion per month in July and August to $35 billion per month in September. That's this uh, quantitative tightening process. If you recall, uh, uh, you know, after the COVID, the uh, the uh, Federal Reserve was in the quantitative easing process where uh, they were selling, uh, they were buying $120 billion worth of bonds per month. And basically now they're selling bonds in order to draw money out of the economy at the rate of, they will be up at the rate of $95 billion per month uh, from the economy. And they're going to do that uh Starting in September at 95 billion, and they're going to continue that for at least another year, year or two. They've got to work down that uh, almost nine trillion dollars of bonds that they have on their balance sheet. 
at the press conference on Wednesday afternoon, uh, Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell made it clear that the Federal Reserve was determined to get inflation down, and that was the number one priority, and basically he hammered that point uh, through the whole presentation. And to make sure everyone got it, he said several times that another unusually large increase would could be appropriate at the next meeting, and depending upon the inflation data. So they've they did a seventy uh, they did a three quarter percent increase in uh, June and July. So now people are talking about a three quarter percent increase in September too. So maybe, maybe not. Another 75%, uh, another three-quarters of a percent hike in September would take the federal target for the Fed funds rate to a range of between three and three uh, three and a quarter percent. Out the window went the notion of a pause in September. There was talk, oh, several months ago, maybe two months ago, people were hoping, hoping that uh, the rate increases would stop at a certain point and uh, just to see how things are going on. But right now, uh, we're still seeing inflation uh, increase. Uh, the uh, latest numbers from the Consumer Price Index for the last 12 months are 9.1% inflation. And the numbers for the uh, personal consumption expenditure Index. They came out uh, Friday. Uh, we'll get to them later in the show, but they're not coming down either. So there's been no indication of a peak uh, in the uh, inflation yet. Although I see that uh, uh, gasoline prices are down to four dollars a gallon, and uh, <clears throat> in some of the independent, smaller independent gas stations. I saw numbers like uh, $3.80 a gallon. So uh, uh, hope that gasoline and food have been the, the major uh, you know, the major contributors to this inflation. And if you can get those down, why uh, we'll be on our, on our path to uh, becoming, uh, getting an inflation number that we can live with. So uh, uh, Powell continued and he said that he would not, quote, he would not hesitate to go even higher in terms of uh, increases in the federal funds rate. Uh, so basically, if he's going to go higher, then maybe we're going to see a 1% uh, hike someday if inflation comes in hot. He said over and over again that the committee was determined to tightened financial conditions, and it was necessary to slow the economy, and necessary is emphasized, and it was necessary to, sh- to slow the demand, and it was necessary to slow the labor market in order to get inflation back down. Inflation is going to be the top focus until we're confident that inflation is on the path down to 2%. So, We'll talk about that later in the uh, uh, get into the details later in the show, and uh, but uh, he used the the um, I'll call it the press conference. He used the the press conference to really emphasize uh, their focuses on their focuses now on uh, getting that inflation down by increasing the uh, interest rate. Uh, there was talk about, uh, well, won't people get laid off or things of this nature? And, um, but, uh, that wasn't the focus of this particular meeting. The focus here was that we're going to keep increasing the interest rates until we get inflation under control. And, uh, if other things happen, well, we're seeing, uh, we're seeing things happen right now, like, uh, uh, the uh, you know the thirty year mortgage rate has gone from the three percent, which was a big help to the housing industry, to approximately five point. I think it's around five point eight or five point seven percent right now. So it's probably be up to six percent by the end of the year. And 
We'll talk about some of the details that he talked about later in the show. And uh, Chairman Powell continues to hope for a soft landing, uh, and he's emphasized that uh, um, he continues that soft landing hope because of the strong labor market and basically that the consumer continues to spend. And uh, consumers do continue, have, are continuing to spend. If you take a look at the, uh, the information or the data from June, in June, consumer spending increased 1.1% or $181.1 billion. And the uh, personal income and outlays report uh, for June, uh, I think that comes from the Department of Commerce. That shows consumers increased spending uh, 1.1%, even as the consumer's income only increased uh, six-tenths of 1% in June. So the report did have uh, some bad news regarding the inflation in a sense that uh, uh, they they reported the personal consumption expenditures uh, deflator. Uh, that's the term for that. That was, that's a, uh, that's a, the two, two uh, indices that are tracking inflation are the uh, consumer price index, and that's that uh, 9.1% over the last 12 months. And uh, the other one is the uh, the uh, personal consumption expenditure uh, deflator, which is right now is at 6.8% for June. So in this uh, uh, report, it came out that says that uh, the personal consumption expenditure index for June uh, increased 1% in the month of June, and it also increased 6.8% over the last 12 months. Now, if you go to the core uh, personal consumption expenditure, that, you know, taking out food and fuel, uh, then the month-over-month month increase is six-tenths of 1%, and the 12-month increase is uh, 4.8%. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, the, the uh, index over the last 12 months, it basically increased to 6.8% from 6.3% in May, and the core uh, index, over the last 12 months, increased to 4.8% from 4.7% in May. So people were looking to that. Uh, they looked at the CPI numbers, and they looked to the personal consumption expenditure index numbers. They're looking for a peak in a sense that uh, in, hopefully inflation has reached a peak and going down. Well, we're not seeing that yet. So. Inflation hasn't peaked out yet, and we'll talk about that uh, uh, later in the show today, too. The Federal Reserve's effort uh, to cut inflation by increasing interest rates, the idea here is that <clears throat> the general plan is that the Federal Reserve is going to continue to increase the interest rates to slow the economy down. As the economy slows down, then the demand will slow down, and sooner or later we'll get to a point where we have some sort of an equilibrium between the uh, demand and the supply. At that point, that will re much reduce the uh, uh, inflation, and then they can hone in on their 2% inflation. Uh, and what we're seeing right now is that uh, it's having an effect. <laughs> Excuse me. This increase in interest rate is uh, impacting both new home construction and existing home sales. You know, last week we went over uh, uh, reported that uh, new single-family home construction has slowed down. In other words, if you take a look at the permits and the, and the starts for new single-family homes. In uh, June, the one-month uh, reduction in the permits 
was 8% reduction, and the starch was 8.1%. And if you take a look at the situation from June, this present June, to June a year ago, the permits are down 11.4%, and the starch are down 15.7%. So we are seeing... What we are seeing is a uh, a slowdown in uh, home construction, and uh, we'll get we'll get to that later in the show too. And uh, what we're also seeing is that the home prices are still rising, but not as fast as uh, previously. <clears throat> we're going to report on the uh, Case-Shiller Home Price Index for May, and we'll, we'll talk about that. And that basically is showing that. The details of how home prices are increasing at 20 locations, and Cleveland is one of them around the United States. In addition, <clears throat> the increase in mortgage rates. <coughs> I gave a cup of coffee here. There we go. <clears throat> the increase in mortgage. Uh, Interest rates is having an impact on the sales of new single-family homes. Sales of new single-family homes uh, are down 8.1% in June from May and down 17.4% compared to a year earlier. You know, the drop-off in sales is causing a a buildup in the supply of unsold new houses and the unsold inventory of homes, new single-family homes, has risen to 9.3 months of supply at their current uh, sales pace. And that used to be 5.8 months of supply a year ago. Now we're talking 9.3%. We'll talk talk the details of that later in the show, too. So in the big picture, what we're seeing is that the Federal Reserve is going to continue increasing these interest rates in an effort to slow the economy down, and it, it's having its impact. It's having its impact on uh, the home sales. It's having its impact on the uh, um, starting to have its impact on home prices. Uh, <clears throat> it's also impacting the existing uh, home sales. Also impacting. Uh, business decisions in terms of capital expenditures. In other words, companies, when they're going through planning for capital expenditures, the finance people take a look at the cost of borrowing money and they come up with a payback period. And, you know, if the payback period is, let's say, five to seven years, the project is generally okay. But now with the increase in uh, cost of uh, money, credit, uh, that time is is lengthening the 12 to 15 years, and basically those projects are being shelved until uh, the interest rates come down again. So it, it's slowing the it's having the effect in slowing the economy down. It's not too noticeable so far, you know. And one of the big concerns is that as we do get into this. Uh, Slowdown, and we talk about recessions and uh, unemployment and things of this nature, and and uh, reduced profits and earnings. Uh, things are going to get more painful, but I guess that's for later. We're we're in the process of putting the brakes on now and slowing the economy down. In in the micro picture, which is where we all live in terms of what our financial plans are, we do have financial plans in terms of, hey, we have goals. We know what we want to do. Uh, we know when we want to do it. We can basically estimate uh, when we're going to retire. We have some idea about uh, um, if you're young, when you're going to graduate, when you're going to get another car, and when you're going to get an apartment, and then we have estimates of uh, when we're going to start a family and what that's going to cost in terms of of uh, 
increased standard of living as well as home prices and all the rest of the things. So you can look forward and, and start to put together the plans. And uh, uh, the plans do require money in the future. And that, uh, that's where we're using the concept of compound interest and investing in uh, assets that grow. And the, uh, uh, the planning is you take the uh, income that you have coming in there in one or two paychecks and uh, <clears throat> uh, direct it into investments that uh, will meet your f- future goals and uh, use compound interest to get we get you where you want to go. And basically, while we're doing that, <clears throat> we have to stay on top of that plan and make sure that it's working. And if it's not working, we have to modify it. And also, we have to protect ourselves uh, from those unforeseen events, you know, with insurance, be it uh, certainly property and casualty insurance to protect ourselves from lawsuits and liabilities, as well as life insurance. And then along the along the way, we have to, when we're getting close to, uh, uh, well, even before that, we also have to talk about estate planning and gifting and things of this nature. In other words, uh, tax reduction and, and where the money is, oh, what, you, what you've earned all this time. The nest egg that you built up, where is it going? How's it going to get there? Things of this nature. All those things involve your personal plan, and they're much, basically, much more important than the uh, the big picture plans. And indeed, in in the case of the personal plan, you have a lot more control over that than you do in the big picture. In the big picture, we're kind of like the Elephant, we're kind of like the mouse in the elephant's cage. Uh, we have almost no control over that at all, at least in the <clears throat> personal financial plan. Uh, you do have uh, a significant amount of control. Of course, there's things that are outside your control, but uh, you try to uh, ensure yourself against those. So pay attention to the... Uh, uh, personal financial plan is the most important uh, part of planning that you're going to do. So this is Jim McAlee. You can give us a call. Um, our toll-free number here is 1-888-281-1110. That's 1-888-281-1110. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Colleen, producer of Get Rich Slow. Each week, we take calls from people just like you who have questions for our host, Jim McAleese. Oftentimes, however, Jim can't answer all your questions because of time restraints and the need for more detailed information. That's why we encourage you to call Cornerstones Consultants, Inc., the financial counseling service founded by Jim and Tama McAleese. Cornerstones Consultants, Inc., has helped thousands of clients get more for their money. Whether your financial goal is to avoid common investing mistakes, finding your next home, planning for retirement, finding the right mutual fund, or covering your assets with the right kind of insurance, Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. will guide you to wise financial choices. Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. is located at 47149 Bursley Road in Wellington, Ohio. 44090 and can be contacted at 440-647-2793. So call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. for an appointment today. That number again, 440-647-2793. Now back to more Get Rich Slow with Jim Magalise. Welcome back to Get Rich Flow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. <clears throat> I got a frog in my throat this morning. Uh, you can give us a call over our toll-free number. It's one 
888-281-1110. Well, one of the good things that, uh, good pieces of news this week was that, uh, hey, the people continue, the consumers are continuing to spend, and uh, that's one of the things that gives the uh, 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 chairman, uh, you know, the Federal Reserve chairman, the confidence that uh, he can continue these uh, increases in in uh, interest rates without getting at a whole lot of trouble. Uh, for instance, the June spending by consumers increased 1.1% or $181.1 billion. That was up from three-tenths of 1% increase in May. And uh, basically, Americans are spending, despite inflation eroding their uh, wage gains, and uh, driving up the cost of living. If they're spending at, you know, if I go back and take a look at the, the monthly spending <clears throat> over the, since uh, January 1st, uh, for this year, they're, they're basically just a little bit above, uh, well, they're, they're spending at uh, enough so that if you look at the real case, the real spending numbers, they're spending about, uh, what is it? I have a number here. They're spending a little bit more. Uh, okay. Taking inflation into account, purchases of goods and services increased one-tenth of 1% in uh, June from May. So what they're doing is, uh, okay, you increase 1.1%, but how much of that went for inflation? And uh, basically, since inflation went up one uh, percent uh, month over month, then uh, uh, you basically are buying the same amount of goods uh, as you were before, but uh, it's costing you more to do it. Um, <clears throat> that information was reported by the Department of Commerce in their personal income and outlays report for June. And that came out on Friday. The numbers indicate that uh, consumers are still shopping and spending. For instance, in uh, January, uh, the number of increase in spending for January was 1.9. February, 1.9%. February, it was uh, six-tenths of 1%. March, it was 1.2%. April, it was... Uh, half of 1%, May it was three-tenths of 1%, and then June it was again popped up to 1.1%. Taking inflation into account, purchases of goods and services increased one-tenth of 1% uh, in June from May, and with goods going up uh, uh, one-tenth of 1% and uh, services uh, going up uh, one-tenth of one percent. That's after inflation. Some Americans are tapping their savings to offset these uh, price increases. The savings rates uh, fell to 5.1% in June after averaging about 7.5% uh, savings uh, percent uh, last year. Uh, basically, consumers are also spending their, or changing their spending patterns with their new freedoms uh, in the COVID. And uh, customers stepped up spending on services like travel and dining, as well as uh, non-durable goods like gasoline and food. And uh, the spending on the durable goods has basically flattened out. For example, uh, last month showed a big decrease in the... uh, uh, spending on durable goods, but uh, June, uh, according to this Department of Commerce report, showed that spending on goods was up uh, 1.6 percent in uh, in uh, that for that month compared to uh, May. And of that uh, uh, goods, durable goods, the increase was one and a half percent, and the non-durable goods was up 1.7 percent. That reflects mostly gasoline and energy. Uh, services uh, were basically up eight tenths of a percent, and that uh, reflects basically uh, healthcare and uh, 
and housing. And uh, as I mentioned before, the CEO of J.P. Morgan and Chase Company, uh, Jamie Dimon, uh, he says, hey, the consumers have money. Uh, they pay down credit cards, uh, debt, and confidence isn't high, but the fact is that they do have money and they're spending their money. And uh, that uh, that indicates he expects that uh, that to continue in the uh, foreseeable future in the, in the third quarter. And uh, though inflation and the uh, uh, the Ukrainian situation posed challenges to the economic outlook. He expects the consumers to keep on spending because they basically do have the money. Uh, the impact on personal income and outlays uh, also gave us the inflation numbers, the personal consumption ex- uh, expenditure numbers. And as I said before, that's a... <clears throat> That's the other inflation number that the Fed uses. That's the preferred inflation number for the Federal Reserve. They take a look at this personal consumption expenditure, particularly the uh, the one for the 12-month period. And basically, the latest results for that show that uh, a uh, personal consumption expenditure increased 1% in June to May, it increased 6.8% from uh, a year ago, so months ago. That was kind of a disappointment because people are looking for that uh, that peak and that uh, uh, as we peaked in the inflation that we're still going up. For instance, in May, that 6.8% number, year over year, our personal consumption expenditure was 63 and in uh, April, it was 6.3. So it's gone from 6.3, 6.3 to 6.8. So <clears throat> no indication that it's, it's turned around. And uh, uh, basically, in the uh, CPI numbers, uh, CPI number for June uh, for the last 12 months was 9.1%. And the months before were... Uh, May was 8.6, and April was 8.3. So uh, definitely an upward uh, move, and we're not seeing any change or any uh, reflection in in any turndown in that. So in order to get inflation under control, the Federal Reserve um, basically plans to slow down the economy. And... uh, Right now, they're talking about looking at the, somewhere in the order of uh, the overnight rate or the Fed funds rate, uh, getting it to approximately three to three and a half percent by the end of this year, and uh, uh, they have uh, three more uh, meetings in this year. They have the September, and I think it's the uh, September, October, and maybe. Uh, late November meeting. Uh, so they might get it up to past 3.5%. It depends. Basically what they're doing is the, the game plan is to keep increasing the overnight rate. That increases the interest rates. And what they want to do is get that interest rate above the uh, uh, above the uh, near-term inflation rate. So what they're expecting is this 9.1% inflation to start coming down as the uh, overnight uh, the federal funds rate increases. The federal funds rate increases and uh, they reach some sort of a rendezvous where the Federal Reserve pushes up the rates, inflation comes down, and we end up with the... Uh, the uh, Federal Reserve rate higher than the inflation rate. Uh, it could be 3%, it could be 4 it could be 5 depending upon how fast uh, <clears throat> inflation comes down. In other words, it gives you an appreciation for how difficult this, uh, this uh, operation is that the Federal Reserve is conducting because they make a change in this interest rate 
and the effect isn't felt immediately. Uh, the effect is still in the pipeline from the increases that they made in the past. We'll see that effect in the future, hopefully, and the decrease in the uh, uh, inflation rate. So, as this federal, as the Federal Reserve keeps increasing uh, their federal funds rate, and hopefully the the uh, inflation rate uh, decreases, and maybe we'll meet at about uh, three and a half, four maybe even 5%. So uh, nobody knows that until they get uh, uh, close to it. And nobody knows the damage that's going to be done with regards to the economy, either in terms of uh, uh, the recession. So it's it's one of those uh, games where the impact isn't immediately apparent until maybe it's too late. Maybe you've overshot the uh, target. So uh, that's the game. And and, uh, basically what you're seeing is that the Federal Reserve is going to meet every six weeks and make an assessment as to how much much to increase the rate and how much inflation is falling. And we haven't seen inflation fall yet. So uh, this is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. The number here is the telephone number here is one eight 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 two eight one eleven ten. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Somewhere beyond the sea, somewhere waiting for me. My lover stands on golden sands And watches the ships that go sailing Somewhere beyond the sea Welcome back to Get Rich Flow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. Uh, you can give us a call over our toll-free number. is one 888 you know, when we're taking a look at this uh, impact on uh, existing home sales and things of this nature. One of the places that we look at is the Standard & Poor Case-Shiller Home Price Index. And uh, last week, uh, the National Association of Realtors reported that existing single-family homes decreased in June, down 5.4% from May, and then down 14.2% from June a year earlier, and they showed that uh, the existing house market is uh, is still strong, even as uh, mortgage rates are rising sharply. The 30-year fixed-rate mortgage with uh, 20% down is now 5.74%. That's according to the Mortgage Bankers Association. And the selection of available homes for sale is still low, but increasing slowly. It's presently uh, a little over two months' supply at the current sales pace. And uh, home prices uh, continue to increase in June. Nationally, the median home price was $423,300. That was up 13 Point three percent from June a year ago, and in the Midwest, the, mid, the median home price was three hundred and six thousand nine hundred dollars, and that was up ten point two percent from uh, June a year ago. So, uh, the S and P Core Logic Case Diller U.S. National is a mouthful. The S and P Core Logic Case Diller U.S. National Home Price Index also gives us a more granular view of increases of existing homes in 20 cities across the United States, and Cleveland, Ohio is one of those cities. The Case-Shiller indices are constructed to accurately track the price path of a typical single-family home located in each of the metropolitan areas that were provided. 
uh, each index uh, combines matched price pairs for thousands of individual houses from the available uh, universe of the sales data. Uh, their latest uh, information is for May, uh, and according to the Cleveland, uh, uh, for the Cleveland metropolitan area, existing single-family home prices increased 1.9% um, from April to May and increased 14.3% uh, from May a year earlier. To give you some context of what we're looking at here, for instance, in Chicago, uh, the prices increased 1.8% from April to May and 12.9% from May a year ago. In the Washington, D.C. area, the increase, monthly increase was 1.1%, and uh, the uh, a year-over-year increase was 122 Denver uh, increased 1.1% from April to May, but it increased 22.2% uh, over the last uh, 12 months. So there's a lot of variability in the... In the uh, uh, prices in cities across the United States. Uh, for instance, the 20 cities they track in the database, uh, single-family home prices increased at 1.5% from April to May and 20.5% from uh, May a year ago. Now, according to Craig uh, uh, Lazara, who is the managing director at uh, this uh, Standard & Poor case-shiller uh, uh, index, uh, quote, U.S. Uh, home prices uh, slowed modestly in May. For instance, uh, according to Craig uh, Lazaro, uh, housing data in May continued strong as price gains decelerated slightly from very high levels. Uh, the National uh, Composite Index rose by 19.7% for the 12 months ending in uh, May, down from April's 20.6% year-over-year gain. We see a similar pattern in the 10-city uh, composite, up uh, 19% in May versus 19.6% in April. And the 20-city 20, 20 composite, the numbers were 20.5% increase in A versus 21.2% uh, increase a month before. So despite this acceleration, uh, despite this deceleration, uh, growth rates are still extremely robust with all three uh, composites at or above their 98% uh, percentile historically. So basically what he's saying is that Home prices are way up there, and uh, <clears throat> the uh, are close to the highest that they've ever seen in their record books. So uh, the market strength continues to be broadly based in all 20 cities, uh, and all 20 cities recorded uh, double-digit price increases in the 12 month ending in May. In May's game ranked in the top quintile of historic experiences for 19 cities in the top decile for 17 of them. However, at the city level, we also see evidence of deceleration. Price gains in May exceeded those in, in April in only four cities. As recently as February of this year, all 20 cities were accelerating. I'll give you, I'll give you a view of the, the biggest gainers in prices, uh, Tampa was the fastest growing city for the third consecutive month, up 36.1% prices, and with Miami uh, second place at 34.0%, and Dallas fought their way to the top three with gains of 30.8%. Are these prices Price increases are totally unbelievable. Uh, so, <clears throat> so the strongest uh, the strongest gains were in the South, 
And we know previously that the mortgage finance is becoming more expensive as the federal, uh, uh, this is quoting uh, the Zara, uh, we've known that previously that mortgage financing has become more expensive as the Federal Reserve ratchets up the interest rates, a process that was ongoing as our May data uh, was gathered. Uh, accordingly, a more challenging macroeconomic environment may not support uh, uh, these uh, extraordinary home price growth for much longer. So basically he's saying that uh, he thinks that they've gone over the top uh, in terms of the acceleration and now we're in the, in, now in the, in the process of decelerating uh, the price increases. But the price increases you know, for May, were extremely high for some cities. They were basically uh, 14 percent, 14 point something percent for the Cleveland area. And uh, it's just a matter of uh, this whole housing situation with the uh, home prices being at the levels that they are, uh, plus the uh, increase in the interest rates and the mortgage rates is causing some real problems with regard to affordability. Uh, the increase in interest rates from 3% to 5.8% uh, plus the, uh, uh, I don't know what the median new home price in the, uh, in price was, but it was certainly above $400,000. Uh, so those numbers are high enough to, to cause people to really think twice about uh, buying homes, particularly the new homes, new home construction. So this is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. This is Jim McAleese. And just to give you some more <laughs> ideas about what's going on in the economic scene, uh, the survey of consumers or sentiment from the University of Michigan came out. And the numbers for July indicate that there's been a slight improvement in consumer sentiment. And by slight, I mean it's really slight. And uh, they've gone up from uh, 50 zero in June to 51.5 in July. To give you an idea what it was July a year ago, July a year ago was 81.2, but we're in a we're in a funk right now. And uh, they take a look at two things. One's the current uh, economic conditions. That's improved from 53.8 to 58.1. And the index of Consumer sentiment is just about the same as it was before. And basically what they're seeing is that the uh, reading says little change in consumer sentiment from his, its historic low in June. Uh, the one-year economic outlook fell to its lowest reading since 2009. At the same time, concerns about global factors disease somewhat. This easing provided some limited support to buying conditions for durables, which remained near an all-time low reached last month, as well as a modest re retreat in long-term inflation expectations. However, this is the important part, inflation continued to dominate consumers' attention, and the labor market expectations continue to soften. This month's sentiment index was the second lowest reading on record and the second quarter slowdown in personal consumption expenditures was a surprise. So basically what they're saying is that consumers uh, expect the near-term inflation to be about 5.2% and the long-term inflation to be down you know, to 5 to 10 years to get down to the... Uh, somewhere around uh, 2.9%. So uh, that's where the expectations are, and that's what the, the uh, 
nearly half of the respondents said inflation is weighing on their personal finance, and which was that, that comment was exceeded only once before, and that was in 1951. So uh, the year ahead economic outlook dropped to the lowest level since 2009. So this is Jim McAleese. You're listening to the Get Rich Low. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Rich Low. You know, we're very busy people with a lot of commitments to our families, to our jobs, to our community, and basically to ourselves. How we allot our time to get the important things done is something worth thinking about. Imagine that you had a bank account that deposited $86,400 each morning. The account carried no balance from day to day. Uh, allows you to keep no cash balance and every evening cancels whatever part of the amount you failed to use during the day. What would you do? Well, the answer is you draw out every dollar every day. We all have such a bank account. Its name is Time. Every morning it credits us with 86,400 seconds. Every night it writes off all of it has lost. Whatever time you have failed to use wisely, so it carries no balance from day to day. It allows no overdraft. You cannot borrow against yourself or use more time than you have. Each day the account starts fresh. Each night it destroys any unused time. If you fail to use the day's deposit, it's your loss. You cannot appeal it and get it back. There's never any borrowing time. You can't take a loan out on on your time or against someone else's. The time you have is the time you have, and that's it. Time management is yours to decide how you're going to spend the time. Just like with your money, you decide how to spend the money. It'll never be the case for us having enough time to do things, but the case of whether we want to do them and where they fall in our priorities. We only have a finite amount of time, so the message is use your term time wisely. So enjoy yourself, take the time, and until we meet again next week, may God protect you and keep you safe. You have been listening to Get Rich Slow with host Jim McAleese. For an outline and registration form regarding the Money School series, call 440-647-2793. For a complete list of books written by Tama McAleese, call 440-647-2793. Or to make an appointment with Jim regarding your own personal financial issues, call 440-647-2793. 2793. Jim will be back with Get Rich Slow next Saturday morning on 1420 WHK with more common sense finance strategies for financial winners. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group, Inc., a member of FINRA and SIPC. Cornerstones Consultant, Inc. is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc. The preceding program's views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420 The Answer or Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.